in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club at the Suncoast. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday night. NFL owners meetings happening this week. And one of the most newsworthy NFL owners meetings we've probably ever had. Colts owner Jim Ursay said this yesterday. I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner of the Redskins. I think it's something that uh, we have to review. We have to look at all the evidence and we have to be thorough in going forward. I enjoy Jim Ursay not knowing the name. of He the doesn't team. know the name of the team that he wants to remove Dan Snyder from. Uh, he said uh, a few more things. He talked about uh, he doesn't think that Dan Snyder sort of represents NFL owners. He said we have to act. He needs to be removed. And when asked about would they have 24 votes to remove Dan Snyder, you need 24 of the owners to agree on something to make it happen. He said, I think potentially there will be. Do you believe uh, there will be 24 votes? I still think that's a lot. If with some of the things, and I'm not, I'm putting Dan Snyder in this category, but with some of the things owners have done in the past and you can't get them out and you for, you know, some of them were quote unquote forced to sell. I think 24 is a lot. I do. I think, and, and here's the thing. Dan Snyder has threatened that he has a lot of dirt on these guys, which is probably true because there's probably dirt on all those guys. Um, if I'm an owner, I don't know what he has on me, so I'm more apt to just keep him and and deal with him than vote him out. So yesterday, the commanders put out a statement from Dan Snyder, and in that, he basically refuted that ESPN story about him having dirt on owners. I don't agree. That. He said, I've never instructed or authorized my lawyers to hire any private investigators on my behalf for such purpose and I never would do we believe anything he says so here's the thing if you're Dan Snyder if you have dirt on Roger Goodell league executives or NFL owners which is what the ESPN story claimed that he had you would be using that privately as leverage you can't use that publicly because if you use that publicly then you're basically saying, yep, take my team, but also take everybody else's team. That's right. not what he wants. He wants to keep his right. team. So he would need to use that privately. He would need to somehow, he doesn't have to go up to Roger Goodell's face and say it, but he would need to somehow relay to Goodell or the other owners, hey, this is what I have on you, and if you make me sell the team, the rest of the world is going to know that. Because but he if he wants does to keep that, then it might be harder to get the 24. Right, exactly. But what I can't figure out is if he does have anything on NFL owners and he wants to use that as blackmail against them, why would he come out and publicly say, I don't have anything on you? Because it's Dan Snyder and he's a liar. But why would you say it? Why would you, you just ignore it? Like if, if he truly has blackmail on NFL owners and is going to and he wants to use that to keep his team. You would just never say anything publicly about it. You would no comment any question. You'd never put out a statement. Would saying you no you comment don't have question it. on do you have dirt? Yeah, 100%. You would never say but that would, anything. But that would infer that you do. Maybe. But you would, well, that would be good because you, 
you want it to be private. You want it to be, hey, you guys should never vote on this because I have dirt on you. Once that's public, if you say that publicly, hey, I've got dirt on all these other NFL owners, then the pressure, then it's not about Dan Snyder keeping his team. He loses the team, but other NFL owners could lose their team right. too. And he doesn't, he wants to keep his no, he team. He just wants to keep his team. Right. So all of it should be kept private. And I can't figure out if he actually has something, why he would publicly say, I don't have it. Because that doesn't serve him any anything. That does not help him at all keep his team. I think for the exact argument that you made was he's trying to save face for the public and then behind closed doors, he's telling the owners, this is what I have. On but you, you don't even have to say that out loud because like Ed, Ed doesn't believe it. Like if you're trying to save face with the public, you need to say something that people believe and Ed doesn't believe it. And I think most people believe Ed. Where, I, I was going to say with everything bad that's been going on around that whole franchise, who does believe this statement? Yeah. So I, if you're going to say, like, I just don't get how that public statement helps him keep the commanders. So that almost, I said it when the story came out, I almost still, I still don't believe he actually has anything. I don't think he does, or he might have something small on one person. That's like, ah, you sent an email at some point. Yeah. I just don't, I don't believe that that happened. I don't believe he's got anything significant that would actually help him save his team. Well, if he doesn't, then they might get the 24. Right. And I, and I'm curious how many people think with Jim Irsay and how many, or if Jim Irsay is the like extreme. I mean, should he be the spokesman? (laughs) Should any of them be the spokesperson? Uh, Jerry thinks he should be. Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. So on Jerry Jones, he does not want to give Roger Goodell a contract extension. NFL owners voted 31 to one to open negotiations with Roger Goodell on a new contract to be the commissioner of the NFL. Jerry Jones was the only owner to vote against it. According to ESPN, before this vote happened, Jerry Jones told Robert Kraft, don't F with me. Kraft replied with, excuse me. And Jerry Jones said, don't mess with me. That's what pretty, I don't is know that? Those are pretty strong words for 31 to 1. Right? <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's close right. and Jerry has power, there's no question he has power in the room, but it was 31 to 1. Even Jerry can't overcome that. Right. What's I don't, why And why did he do it to Kraft? Because I guess Kraft would be the one pushing for the extension most. I don't know what that means. But there's 31 other owners that, yeah. were, that voted in favor of it. Like... I, I just, I, if, like you said, if it was close and Robert Kraft swayed two or three guys right. to right. vote and with Jerry him, Jones didn't want it to happen, right. then that's one thing. But there's no way Robert Kraft swayed 30 other owners. No. Like, ah, oh, you guys were all with Jerry, but come yeah. on with me. <laughs> like, what's happening here? So Jim Ursay is yelling at Dan Snyder that they need to take <laughs> the team Jones away. Jerry Jones is saying, don't bleep with <laughs> me. Jerry Jones is cussing at Robert Kraft. Like, what an NFL owners meeting. They need to televise. They're all about televising things. The combine. Put these damn yeah. things on TV. <laughs> I'm watching every minute of this. And if it's true that Snyder has something on Goodell, this vote, he wants to keep him in power. Is You're that right. So That's that a good Goodell point. can't yeah. say anything? He voted yeah. yes to get Maybe. He voted yes to Goodell staying in when Goodell could take the team from him. Maybe. Or get the. I don't know. It's. We put them on TV, NFL. We don't need to watch the damn combine. Put this put these on these guys TV. screaming at yes, each other. Yes, that'd be great. Next question. All right. Do you believe Kyrie Irving's going to play 82 games this year? Oh, 82? I don't think I believe 82. So yesterday he gave this quote. Nick Friedel tweeted it out. 
We got to dance every night, 82 <laughs> games and perform well. So I like to think of it as going on like a tour and we get to be able to bond. Kyrie Irving has not played 70 or more games in any of the last five seasons. He's dancing? He's dancing to 82 games. Does he no play? Chance. He's. I don't believe he plays 82 just because it's the NBA and almost nobody no, plays 82. No, nobody plays 82. But does he play 70? Well, he hasn't played it in five seasons, as you said. Um, I'll go hot take. I think he gets 70. I think he might, too. Like, uh, obviously, like, literally anything could happen in the middle of the season. Sure. And he's just sure. not there. Yeah. And, and he just doesn't show it up. It could be literally anything. <laughs> like, normally it would be like, ah, oh, is Anthony Davis going to be healthy, right? We're normally talking about is a guy injured. Yeah. This is like, who knows? Something could just set Kyrie Irving off where he's like, I feel disrespected. I'm not playing I'm not for coming a up. week. But I think he gets 72. I, I, I think he actually plays 70 games this season. And again, 82 is not a realistic number for pretty much anybody well, pretty, in the NBA. Who plays 82 nowadays? Right. Guys are going to rest on back-to-backs. Guys are going right. to get time off. Just Load management. It's, it's smart for NBA teams to rest their best players throughout the regular season because yeah. the postseason is what matters. So he should, even if he can, he probably should not play 82 no. games. But I think 70 is a, a doable number, and maybe he comes up at 68 or something like that. But I think 70 is a doable number. And I kind what of if he does pull a Kyrie and it's a completely bizarre reason? It has nothing to do with Oh, it will. Oh, it 100% will be. Like, it's will like be. I'm not showing up because I don't oh, like yes. I don't like the pregame food. Oh, 100%. It's not healthy enough. Oh, no, it, absolutely. There's going to be some weirdness issue, fake or real, that he decides to plant his flag on again. Right. And that'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to miss two weeks, guys. Sorry. Like, okay, see you when you get back, Kyrie. <laughs> see you when you get back. Great question. Also in the NBA, did you happen to see the um, video preview of this Draymond Green all-access series? No, I thought this okay. was interesting in terms of that he was that he did this and talked about Jordan Poole in it. So Draymond Green is going to have some all-access series. TNT ran a little, like, promo for it yesterday. And the part of what we saw was Draymond Green talking about the incident with Jordan Poole. And he tried to make himself the victim. Draymond Green was talking about overcoming adversity and that there's no way to go but up. So he punched his teammate in the face. And is now going to do an all-access TV series about now how he has to overcome the adversity of punching his teammate in the face. Only Draymond can make it about him. What is and happening here? Did you see last night uh, Jordan Poole made a great pass to him, a bounce pass through the lane. It was a beautiful pass. And he's going down the court. And Reggie Miller says, you know, there was a lot of questions about how these guys are going to get along. And they pretty much said, we're professionals. I'm like, Draymond Green isn't a professional. He knocked someone in the <laughs> face. What are you talking about? Like, what? What? They're going to be professionals? Can you imagine being Jordan Poole and you get punched in the face in practice and then the guy that punched you comes out and is like, I'm going to do a little documentary about this. What? I, I like, it's one of the most insane things I've and ever seen. And talk about it. Right. And it's like, did Draymond Green punch him in the face for a TV show? <laughs> Like did huh? he did he punch him to be I mean, like he's this a is forward be, thinker? This is gonna be great content. If I punch Jordan Poole in the face, <laughs> it's gonna be great content. I can't wait till he brings Jordan Poole on an episode to talk about the oh, situation. Yeah. So what was it like or when I punched podcast. you in the jaw? <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. I cannot 
Get Not it surprised done. at all, though, he made himself the victim. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. like an, that's automatic. And now he's, he, it was all about the world has seen your worst moment on camera. Right. There's nowhere to go but up from here. Okay, Draymond, you're right. You're the victim here because we saw you punch somebody in the face. That's that's right. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. This is also happening in NFL owners meeting. The Rams are resubmitting a proposal to make all personal fouls reviewable. Apparently last year, the Rams submitted a rule proposal to make roughing the passer reviewable. It got denied by a unanimous vote by the competition committee. But now they're trying to make all personal fouls reviewable. We've seen two games, the Falcons and Bucks and the Raiders and uh, Chiefs that were impacted by questionable roughing the passer calls. Do I don't you, think there's any chance I don't think that, there they is vote, either. that they vote for this. Because no. if we're talking about every personal every foul. Every personal foul being reviewed. I'm not saying I wouldn't like to see it. They did that with pass interference, right, a couple years ago? And it did not work. And it didn't work. There's just no way. it was. They're not going from unanimous last year to because of two calls right. this year. Oh, sure, we're going to vote it in now. And I believe in both instances, the Grady Jarrett one on Tom Brady and uh, the Chris Jones, Chris one, Jones on one on Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Referees after the game, when asked about it, both said that they made the right call. Yeah, so even Chris if, Jones was, he put his whole, he brought his whole yeah. weight down upon so, it. It's, it would end up, I think, just like pass interference, where pass interference is reviewable, but when they send it to review, they almost always... And not that many got turned over right. anyway with They pass just gave benefit of the doubt to the ref's yeah. call because they're like, oh, there was something there. Yeah. And I think the same would happen here with roughing the pass. They'd be like, right. well, this is what the rule is, and we can uh, you know, use this one sentence and of the And you can't rule. have refs sitting there taking the time to explain why they called it. Yeah. I mean, you just can't do that. So I don't think it would change anything, and I don't think it actually gets put in place no. because... Why would it? All right. Coming up next, we'll jump into some Major League Baseball because somebody finally beat the Padres. The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday night. And the 2-0. Swung on and hit in the air to right center and deep. That ball is gone. Oh, my. It is a Stantonian home run. A three-run blast into the right center field seats. And the bit swung on. Hit in the air to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It is a judging blast. That beautiful inside-out swing. Drilling it in the right center field seats. Hit on the ground is short. Go to second. Force in time. Ball game over. American League Division Series over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Yankees turned a drama-filled series into a very boring game five as they beat Cleveland five to one. They led three nothing since the first inning, thanks to that Giancarlo Stanton home run. Here's what I want to ask you. In that game, because of the rainout to push game five back, the Yankees went to Nestor Cortez on three days rest. He's their second best starting pitcher. Cleveland did not use Shane Bieber. On three days rest, they could have, but Terry Francona elected not to Francona um, talked about Shane Bieber coming back from injury and them not wanting to push Shane Bieber uh, on three days rest. 
He used Aaron Savali, who gave up a three-run home run in the first, only got one out in the first inning, and that was basically the game. Francona, though, also mentioned that if they beat the Yankees in game five, they would have to play a seven-game series. Is that good logic when you're going into a winner-take-all game well, to be worried about the next round? You mean for Shane Bieber, if he was, if he for, is coming off injury? Right. For I mean, basically, I, the Guardians decided, hey, we're not going to throw Bieber. Part of it because he's got so, he's coming off of an injury and they right. don't want to push him on three to address. But also part of the logic, according to Terry Francona, was if we do win, we want to put ourselves in position to win the next series. I mean, I think it's I think if he's healthy, it's a stupid comment. If he's healthy. Um, because you have to win yesterday, and then you worry about the Astros after that. So I think if he's completely healthy, but if he's, I can see if he's coming off an injury and you don't want to push him and you don't want to risk him, I can almost see that. But if he was completely healthy, then again, if you don't win yesterday, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens. Um, so I, I don't like the insinuation that we have to play a seven game series and you're not you're not counting yesterday as a game that you had to win to get to the seven game series. It's an interesting question to me because the way the Yankees are set up now that they won, unless they're going to use their starters on short rest, their best starter won't pitch until game three and their second best starter won't pitch until game four. Four. And the only way Garrett Cole, who's going to start game three, most likely the only way he pitches twice in this series is if he does pitch on short rest. In right? seven. Yeah. He, well, they could. The Yankees they could bring could him back pitch, in six. They could pitch him on short rest in game two if they want to. So they oh, could, I thought if he starts three, then I don't think he'd three, come back till seven. He'd be on short rest for game seven. He'd be on three days rest starting in game seven. So either way, if the Yankees are going to get two starts out of Cole in this series, he's going to have to do at least one on short rest. Whereas the Guardians plan. If they win yesterday, they would have had Shane Bieber be able to make two starts and not have to pitch on short rest. And the reason I think it's interesting is because they were playing in the ALDS. And if the Yankees lose to the Astros in the ALCS, no one will care that they beat the Guardians in the ALDS. No one will probably remember. Right. So... The point that you make of you've got to win the ALDS to get to the ALCS is valid, but I don't hate Terry Francona saying, well, we've also got to prepare to play a seven-game series after this if we win. I don't hate that logic because, again, nobody's going to remember if you lose the next series and setting yourself up to potentially have a better shot in the ALCS. I don't hate that. I'm not. I'm not. Now, if Shane Bieber's fully rested, you don't say, ah, we got to save him for game one of the no. ACS. Yeah, exactly. You pitch him. But on short run, I don't hate the logic from Terry Francona to be looking ahead to the ALCS. Even though you have to win to get there, I don't hate the logic of it because, again, nobody cares if you win the ALDS but then lose the ALCS. You still lost. You just got to play four, five, six more games. Let me ask you this. If you're the Yankees, do you take one sip of alcohol after that game? They did. They were, I, oh, that's what I'm saying. They did. That's what I'm saying. They went with the beer and the, I think there was some champagne involved. It wasn't a full, I don't think it was a full out uh, party like he would winning the series, but you got to get on a plane to play today. I mean, I guess you celebrated a little, but I don't know. If if I'm the Yankees, I add to my postseason roster just some triple A pitcher for this game. He pitches game one. He throws every single pitch of game one, 115 pitches, every single one of them. Oh, his elbow hurts. He's off the roster. We replace him. I'm tanking game one. 
Make the Astros use Verlander, lose game one, but don't use a single pitcher. That way my bullpen's rested and people are ready to go for game two. Now, they are. They Jimmy, got on. you're a, coming up. They got on a plane. They, okay, they won a baseball game yesterday. Right. Celebrated in the locker room. Got on a plane and flew to Houston. I don't know what time they got to Houston. Three in the morning? They lost. They lost. Well, they lost the two hours, so maybe it's a little earlier than that. And now they've got to turn around and play again tonight against the and the Astros, who haven't played a baseball game in three days. Justin Verlander, who's pitching on normal rest. I, the Yankees should throw tonight's game and make sure they don't use a single pitcher that they actually want to use in this series. That way, they have a legitimate shot to win games. You're two. setting degenerate up for what he's already bet. <laughs> I haven't bet it yet, but my friends <laughs> yeah. who were at the game yesterday. He sent me a text after the after the game of all of them celebrating on the field. He's like, dude, they're all drinking like crazy. <laughs> Bet Astros run line everything. Let's see. I gotta see. Houston is minus one ninety. One ninety. Yeah, the run line That's is not... probably what plus one thirty five ish. One ninety is not too bad for just winning outright. I don't I don't see the run line, but that's not too bad for I figured it'd be higher. So if I'm the Yankees though, I'm finding a way to tank game one with it. The key is to not use any of your actual pitchers that you want to use in the series. Right. That's the key here. So just lose game one. Good job. Go, and because if the Yankees split in Houston, they go back home for three and it's probably unrealistic to think they'll win all three at home. But if the Yankees can split in Houston, they'll be in good shape to go up three to two going for, back to going Houston. back to Houston for six and seven. Right. I think the Astros are going to win this series in five. But if the Yankees split in Houston, there's a legitimate chance that they could have a 3-2 lead going into game six and seven. That's that's their path to winning this series is split in Houston and your best chance is to win game it's two. To go home. And then you've got to win at least two of three when you go home in New York. You can get the Astros minus two and a half at plus 185. <laughs> okay. So to win okay. by three runs. Uh, can We need to do this before we uh, go to break. Can we play what is possibly the greatest this sound of the postseason? This is absolutely Mayberry small town. Philly going down to yellow and brown. That's what's in. Padres on the loose. Let's go, goose. That's what's in. Bryce going to lose, and Manny's going to cruise. That's what's in. Give Philly no slack and send them back. That's what's it. That is, what was that? That is uh, about six Amazing. Padres fans on Good Morning San Diego, a morning show in San Diego, um, that came up with that song to say Bryce is going to lose and Manny's going to cruise and let's go goose. And But the, the song isn't even the greatest part. Like, the guy who's singing it, he's fantastic. Oh, as they're dancing around? Yeah, they're dancing. One of them has the San Diego Padres flag, flag draped yeah. over them. Yeah. Oh, it's great. There you go, Mayberry. <laughs> Where's Aunt B? Where's Barney? Is that worse than Mariners fans putting a shoe on their heads as there's rally shoes? No chance. There's anything worse than that song. Would you put a shoe on your head? I'd, as a put, rally I'd put shoe? on a. Sh- I'd put a shoe on my head before I had anything to do with that song. And that is the Padres right there. Act like you've been there before. They haven't. Oh, Ed? oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. What did they go to the World Series in ninety? Was it wasn't like sixteen years ago? It's been a while. It was in know. the nineties, right? They didn't go in yeah. the two thousands. Uh, 
So we're over I'm 20 ta- years. I'm maybe playoffs, maybe playoffs. Yeah, but we're 20 years since they were in the Kevin World Kevin Brown Series. against the Yankees, right? That's when they got there. Yeah, so late mid to late 90s, they went to the World Series and lost the Yankees. But, <laughs> like, everybody did that in the 90s. Rice so. is going to lose. Manny's going to cruise. <laughs> okay. Hello, Mayberry. What a fan base. Doesn't oh, get yeah. any better than that. Coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show. He plays the fiddle and is friends with Sarah Spain. And you are not. It's time for our weekly visit with ESPN's Jason Fitz. Hello, Jason. Hello. How are you today? Uh, man, I'm you know what? The bye week's over. We can get to winning football games. I'm feeling good, y'all. <laughs> I'm feeling froggy. I got a little of confidence, like... I'm ready to trash talk the Texas. Let's go. All right. All right. Before we get to you having way too much optimism about the one and four Raiders, I did want to ask you college football, Tennessee beats Alabama. Alabama still has a better shot to go to the playoff than Tennessee, right? Yeah. I I mean, honestly, yes, but this is funny. It's funny you mentioned that because, you know, I do these ESP radio sports beats that go all over the country. And uh, I, today, this morning, when I was recording my like 30 second thought on college football, the thing I said is I can't believe how many people are worked up about the college football playoff knowing that it's going to take care of itself. Tennessee's a perfect example. The chances that Tennessee beats not – I mean, Kentucky's not great, but they should beat Kentucky. They'd have to beat Georgia and then beat Bama again to get through the SEC championship game. Like, it just feels like there's a lot on Tennessee's plate to try and get them to the playoff. But the fact that people are so worked up about the possibility that Tennessee loses to Georgia – then Georgia loses to Alabama, and all of a sudden we get three one-loss teams from the SEC. Is just what's great about college football. People worked up about it. I'm just hoping we get Tennessee Ole Miss in the SEC championship game. Oh my God, give that to me. Inject that in my veins. I, like <laughs> just for the, the the fact that so many people in and around Knoxville still have so much hate for Lane Kiffin. Like it is, it is real how much they hate Lane Kiffin. And the other side of it is like. I'm genuinely interested. There's two things the college football playoffs committee is going to tell us, and they're both about the eye test because Alabama went into that game ranked 118th nationally in penalty yards. That's not good. They ranked 118th and last in the SEC in dropped passes. That's real. Like Vandy has dropped less passes this year than Alabama. So by the eye test, Alabama hasn't been all that great. And then the flip side of it is like, you got Texas over here that's lost two football games, but they didn't have their starting quarterback for the end of the Alabama game, and they didn't have their starting quarterback for the loss. So, like, is the committee going to sit here and give Texas more credit than they deserve? And if they do, are they going to trash Alabama like Alabama should be trashed at this point? I think it's wildly interesting. I'd love to see a committee that ever trashes Alabama. You and me both. Like, uh, the, the thing of it is, because everybody always asks me who I root for, and, and you know, I, I mean, I've got – my UNLV here because that's a very safe thing. Like nobody's out there nationally yelling about UNLV <laughs> college football. Like, let's be real. I don't really root for or against any of these programs. I root for total and complete chaos. And what creates the most chaos is somebody that hosts a rankings reaction show. Like what creates the most chaos is either too much or too little of the SEC. Nothing that the big 10 does. The big 12 does. Like if we came into the first rankings and it was four big 10 teams, most college football fans would look, but they'd step back and be like, that's kind of wild. If it was four SEC teams, you'd see brains exploding. So if I could get the opportunity for just fire, I want fire. And Bama being out of it would be the ultimate fire. Wait, how how far away are the first college football playoff rankings? Because I want to see like four SEC teams in the top five or six because that would be fun. Yeah, I think two weeks. Okay. I think we're two weeks yeah. away. It's possible. So it's usually right at uh, – It's actually, it's 
the Tuesday after Halloween. So November, whatever, second that is, or third. That's the first uh, rankings uh, this year. So, uh, we, yeah, there's a real shot that they're, they're, we're going to see overvalued SEC all the way across the board. And then some Big Ten fans going to be sitting there trying to make some argument about why Minnesota is a tougher opponent. We're all going to have to like <laughs> pretend not to laugh at that. All right. Why are you so confident about winning games? I mean, because the schedule is easy, not because the Raiders are a great football. Like, look, they're not as bad as one and four. I also, like, y'all, I thought they'd have two or three losses going into the bye. It was a tough schedule early on. So, you know, if you'd asked me in June, I'd have told you that they were going to lose to the Chiefs and the Chargers. Those were my two picks uh, as, as likely. I picked the Raiders to finish second, Chiefs to finish third in a close one. I was, I was very wrong about the Chiefs. But those are two losses on the schedule. So I, I got you to two without anything else going weird. I didn't think the Cardinals would be as bad as they are. So, like, you, you start looking around at the next six games, and they're going to be favorited. I think the FPI, Football Power Index, says now that from ESPN says that the Raiders will be favorited in 10 of their remaining games. Think about that. Like, it's all there for this team to go out and win a bunch of football games. It doesn't mean you're good if you beat the Texans. It just means you'll get back in the national conversation. So I feel pretty good even though the defense is decimated with injuries. You know they're not going to be. They're not actually going to win ten games. They're favored in. Like they might win six of those. Well, I, you know, I, I'm more confident than you are. I mean, you're. you're <laughs> I'm, aware, about, I'm aware of that. There, we know, we no got question that about that. There, so I mean, if you just look at it, like first and foremost, the Texans are bad, and then after the Texans, they get the Saints, and I don't know why. And I said this on national media all summer. I don't know why we just presume that you can lose Sean Payton and everything's going to be fine, especially for Dennis Allen and the Saints right now. They, they don't know who their quarterback's going to be tomorrow night at, at this point because of injury. So I, I'm pretty okay with the thought of having to go in there and face a Saints team that is not the Saints brand that we were used to for a long time. We have no – and then after that, you, you, uh, you have the Jags coming up on the schedule. No idea if the Jags are actually good. The Colts aren't particularly good. The Broncos aren't good. The Seahawks are okay. Uh, the, the Patriots, I still think, are a mirage. Like, Zappy's not sustainable. I'm, I, I'm not worried about that one. The Steelers are bad. The 49ers look, don't look any good. Like, come on. This thing's going on the schedule. There's not a lot of tough teams left. They, they, you got them at 13-4. and four. They, They've already <laughs> lost two of the three games they've been favored in this year. So, yeah, well, there's no doubt. But it takes a second to get on the same page. The offense has had the ball. With, the, the offense has had the ball with a chance to tie or win the game in every one of their losses, and they've lost four games by a combined 14 points. Like, you just can't panic at that. Just, you know, you, you just got to step back and say, man, you're not kissed by the gods. But I, I would be, I, I will be stunned if the Raiders are not uh, 500 by the midseason. Yeah, they'll be 500 by midseason. Oh, boy. All right, Jason. I don't know. Are we going to have to, like, are we going to have to help you when they're not 500, when they're like a three win team, three and seven at some point? I predicted I predicted they would win 10 games this year before the season started. I feel comfortable backing it down to nine right now, but the wild thing is that nine will still get you in the playoffs in an AFC that's wildly mediocre. We did not expect oh, that. Nobody, nobody expected this. Here's the question we've been asking everybody this week. Who's the third best team in the AFC? Oh, uh, you know, that is a great question because the Ravens do nothing but let me down every time I think that I can confidently say that they're going to be really good. Uh, and I, I, I don't know what's wrong with the Chargers. Like, I, I'm done with the Chargers. I fell for it again this year. I, I am Charlie Brown kicking the football with the Chargers every year. I'm like, too much talent to screw this thing up. And then all they do is screw that thing up. But I, I think it's probably the Chargers right now, but that makes me Charlie Brown.
I'm I'm just judging solely on their on their uh, on their roster, the talent they have. Let me ask you this: If you had to bet your house, like every you bet everything that you own on a team not named the Bills or the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl out of the AFC, is there anybody you'd be comfortable betting that? Comfortable? No, no, no. no. Um, I would probably bet it on the Ravens and hope the game gets rained out after the third quarter. That's. That's the way to do it. Just hope Lamar doesn't have the ball in his hands for the opportunity to win it because that hasn't gone well for him this year. Like, it's just the weirdest. This, like, genuinely, the fact that the Rams stink, the Eagles are this good, the Cowboys have won this many games with a quarterback that most people never even heard of a month and a half ago. Like, it's the weirdest NFL season I've ever seen. Just ask my bank account. Every Saturday, I feel so confident after I just (laughs) kick ass betting college football games. And then I'm like, oh. I've got the mojo. I know what I'm doing. And then I give it all back. And then, you know, every Sunday I just sit there and I'm like, really? I, why do I do this to myself? How in the heck do these outcomes come out this way? Every Like, how are they doing it with Zappy? That, it, it makes no sense. Are you degenerate level like our producer here? No, I'm not degenerate level. Uh, but I, I, I like to at least make sure that I'm, I'm confident enough to dabble, you know, but in a way that doesn't hurt. Right. Like, in a way that, that, that doesn't break my heart too much. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I say I'm not degenerate as I, you know, was sitting here looking at the interception numbers for Kyler Murray to trying to figure out where he's going to fall on the prop bet. So maybe, maybe I have more of a problem. I was, I was, you know me, you guys know me, I'm cheap. I'm wildly cheap. But I was a little uncomfortable last Thursday night because I decided that I would go more aggressive. So I had a lot on Justin Fields needing oh over 42 and a half pat, uh, rushing oh. yards. And I realized that I, like, in the fourth quarter, when I was sweating one of the ugliest football games anybody had ever seen, Billy broke off a long run. I was like, okay, I, you know what? I need to back this down a little bit. <sighs> no, you made, a, you made a Bears game watchable. That's, that's exactly what betting's <laughs> for. That's what it's for. Um, all right, before we let you go, uh, I don't know who you need to talk to, but after Jerry Jones reportedly cussed out uh, Robert Kraft and Jim Ursay was saying that they need to take the commanders from Dan Snyder, Somebody at ESPN has got to talk to the NFL about televising the owners' meetings. Oh, this is a glorious idea. The only problem is we're going to find out that, like, every problematic thing that you've ever had to deal with with, like, your grandparent that you, you think should know better that doesn't know better at the Thanksgiving table. Like, that's all we're going to see over and over. And, like, it'll take about 30 seconds before Cowboys fans will be like, I'm wildly uncomfortable with Jerry now. Like, that's Jerry. Just, it's done. It seems like great. Like the combines on TV. We don't need to watch that. Put these on TV instead. They'll be uh, much better. So figure that I out. Tell, crap, tell somebody. I need crap to stand up and be like, y'all, I'm very stressed. I need a break. I'm going to go get a massage. <laughs> <laughs> He's Jason Fitz from ESPN. <laughs> Jason, as always, we appreciate you, it. Appreciate you See it. So Jason Fitz on a little bit of he college He could get that done. He's got the power there. He's got Man. the juice. It'd be It'd be must-see TV. Like if they allowed them in the room. Yeah, I mean, you got to be in the room. Obviously, there'd be a. It's like hard knocks. There'd be a toned-down version of what you actually see. But still, like, we we would get to see Jerry Jones saying "Don't bleep with me" to Robert Kraft. That'd be great. Just two like seventy-year-old men like <laughs> screaming at each yeah, other. Yeah, about to fight. I, I were they screaming at each other because the way ESPN reported it. Jerry Jones said, don't bleep with me. And Robert Kraft was like, what? Excuse me? What? Like, stunned. Because, Jerry, I've got 30 30 people on my side. You've you've got nobody on your side. 
Put it on TV. Be great. Coming up next, we'll stick with the NFL because Cooper Rush's run as the quarterback of the Cowboys appears to be over. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Before we get to Dak Prescott, I did also want to mention, uh, because we didn't do it earlier, Kyle Schwarber hit one of the longest home runs I've ever seen in my life yesterday. Longest one in the history of Petco. (laughs) That was was a bomb. Unbelievable how far he hit that home run. Longest one in the... I think longer than any... They had the All-Star game there, and someone tweeted it was longer than any home run derby home run. Did you see Bryce Harper's face? Yes. Yes. (laughs) And when Bryce Harper has that reaction, you know it's long because (laughs) how many he hits and how far he hits balls. Like, just an incredible shot. Unbelievable. And by the way, I will say this. um, Can the Phillies pitching win them the World Series? Mm. Yeah, Nola today... uh, I'm not sure if they can win the World Series. I just don't know if they can beat the Astros. I don't think they can either. But I've told you, like they can get past this series with their pitching. The the reason I wanted the Astros play the Yankees and not the Guardians is because the way I think the Astros lose a series is if they lose a bunch of games two to one. The game yesterday, the Phillies and Padres played, is the exact type of game that I think the Astros can lose and end up losing a series. And if the Phillies are able to do that a couple of times, then Mm -hmm. they could end up. Winning this series. Bryce Harper said, we are not losing. Apparently not. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. He's going to win every game the whole way. Let's hope. Oh, yeah. You you a Phillies fan? The only way I want the Padres to advance is if we can get a new song. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. A new song song with the Astros. Astros? I'd be willing to bet we get a new song every single series if they keep going. Okay, I want them to win. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear what they have for Jordan. (laughs) Jordan will lose. Manny again will cruise. Will cruise again. <laughs> I oh, do. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I want to do song every time. Yes. I might want them to win the World Series just so just we get to a post World song, Series a post World Series song and have them at the parade. They're on yes. stage singing. <laughs> Here's the Padres, but first, these uh, six random guys dancing and singing. All right. Dak Prescott is expected to return to practice today. Uh, should be cleared, and I'm guessing is able to grip a football since that was the main talk about when he would come back is when he could grip a football. Uh, are you sad to see Cooper Rush go? No more quarterback no, controversy? I want Dak back. Dak back, and I'm sure Danny does too. Oh, Dak back. Uh, Cowboys are 4-2. and two. They did better than they – t- they did what – They did better than expected with him. Right. There's no question. Any team in the league – Would have taken that. Right. Loses your starting yes. quarterback, and you go 4-1 and one. – any team in the league would have taken three and two. Yes. Most teams would have been okay with two and three, right? You go five games without your starter and you get two wins. You're probably okay with that. Four and one's incredible. So they obviously lost to the Eagles without Dak last week. That's the last thing we saw the Cowboys. Is that defense good enough for you to say the Dallas Cowboys are a legitimate contender in the NFC? I think it's good enough to say the Dallas Cowboys are a legitimate playoff contender. But not more than that. I'm not so sure they're more than that. I've been asking everybody all week, who's the third best team in the AFC? Who is the second best team in the NFC? I mean, it's I can't. I know they're five and one, but I can't say the Vikings. Vikings uh, are five and one. Giants are five and one. Dallas uh, is four and two. Yeah. Nobody else is above 500. Nobody else is above 500. You got Niners, Rams, oh. Seattle are all three and three. Green Bay, Tampa, Atlanta are all three and three. There's not, again, Giants, Vikings, Cowboys. Those are the only other teams above 500 
in the NFC besides the Eagles. This obviously. is going to sound crazy because of who they just lost to, but is it, is it the Niners? I that's probably where I would go. The big issue there is they've got a lot of injuries defensively, right? And they're they're a very good defense with obviously Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback. They're a very good defense if they're healthy. If they're not healthy and their defense goes from being like you know best in the league to eighth ninth best in the league, probably not. Right. Uh, but yeah, I. I mean, I just and I know who they just lost to, but on the road, I just I don't know. It's a good question. I take the. I mean, if you're asking me right now, if the Niners and Cowboys lined up, and like you said, the Niners are relatively healthy, I take them in a game over the Cowboys. Forty yes. Niners healthy defense, I would too. Forty Niners not healthy defense, not so sure. I think I'm taking Dallas with really? Dak as long as long as Dak is. If Dak if comes Dak back this week and fumbles six times because he can't, can't grip the ball, ball, they're in trouble. But if, if Dak comes back and you know is Dak Prescott, I think it's Dallas at the moment. I mean Tampa. Should be okay. I don't know if Green Bay is going to be okay. It might. It might be the Dallas Cowboys. If Dak comes back and he plays like he can, I think Dallas. I I'm still not sold on the Eagles, even after the you're, win. You're not sold on the Eagles in the NFC. Even well, as like the juggernaut that they're out to be right now. I like that game against the Cowboys. Those are two completely different halves by both teams. Because the first half, Cowboys' defense was terrible. Second half, they were amazing. And Cowboys outscored the Eagles 14-6 to in the second half. So it was really that 20-3 to buffer that the Eagles had at halftime that was the difference in the game. Well, yeah, scoring 20 points in a quarter is good. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, with <laughs> well, if Dak Prescott was there instead of Cooper Rush, that game goes completely different. And I think the Cowboys come out with that win. They don't. I, I believe they, they do. I think they lose the game. Matthew I think the Close Eagles are I, the, the Eagles are playing in the Super Bowl. I mean, the Eagles if if Tyler's right, if if Dak plays well and the Cowboys are the second best team, then the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I really think that. And I'm a, you know, I'm with you on the Cowboys. I just I'm not a complete believer yet. I still would take the Niners over them. I might even take Tampa over them if Tampa got I got things right. Are they going to be any good? They gonna figure this out. Brady can't throw a third down pass. Yeah, they, they lost yeah. three of four. Their only win in that stretch is Atlanta. Yeah. His his first five third down pass attempts on Sunday all hit the dirt a yard and a half to two yards in front of the receivers. Do you have money on it? Oh yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. With all of the Steelers <laughs> secondary, you'd have I'd money be dumb to know that. To. Yes. <laughs>